Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis, and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today, we're talking to one of our sellers. We're joined by Meg Dillon from Chiswick in London in the UK. Meg runs a small library company, and we're going to learn about her business today. Welcome, Meg. Hi there, Richard. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so you're a relatively new seller with, uh, with Abe Books, and we're going to learn a little bit about what you do. So you buy, sell, and organize books for small private collections. So what exactly does that mean, especially, especially the, the organized part? Well, I'm originally trained as a librarian, and I've always liked the actual practical and physical element to organizing the books so when I was young you know it's kind of a bit weird and geeky but I would go into friends houses and sort their books out um a bit later on when I arrived in London I did some freelance work for an architect's firm and a design company where I just simply sorted made a catalog really and sorted their books out and put them in some sort of logical order uh, and then work-wise I went off in different directions um, and so I during Covid I didn't have so much to do and I was kind of looking for things to do and I went back to this idea of organising books so I organised my sister's books, I organised a friend's books and then I thought oh well maybe um, I could start this up as a business and um, so I sort of September last year I started the small library company uh, and I've sort of had some very interesting clients and my original idea really was simply to go to people's houses look at their book collection and help them organize it and if necessary sort of make a list of all their books in their collection so that was how I sort of um promoted myself initially um and I've really had some very very interesting leads and also very interesting clients um I'm sort of an Irish writer and a performance poet uh I'm currently talking to the widow of a Royal Academy artist uh so it's basically going into their homes looking at their books and advising them on how they can be organized and sorted and people people live in a degree of chaos and they like and they maybe collected <laughs> maybe <laughs> they collected their books over a period of time you know they've got sort of 1500 200 books maybe more and they're attracted to the idea of these books being organized and sorted out so that was my original idea um what happened was as i was talking to people um they not did they just want the books organized but they wanted the books they wanted new homes for some of the books so um you know i started to advise people on whether or not they could sell the books whether the books could go to charity and basically finding good homes for the books. So currently my artist client 
Well, twice now I've been asked to find libraries for the books. So I use some of my sort of research skills and experience from the past to um, contact libraries and see if, you know, large amounts of the collections or part of the collections can be taken by a library. Um, right. I haven't had any success because it's all very brand new, but, um, you know, I don't give up and I know I will find homes for the books, basically. So if a, if a collector wanted their books organised, is that so they really are reminded of what they have or so they can display them in a certain way? Or is it about finding the value of the books? Uh, well, so far, it's been more to do with... Um, well, my main client, I can sort of maybe talk about that a little bit later, but um, it's more to do with reminding them about which books they've got, basically, and sorting them out. So my performance poet, I kind of advised him rather than actually did the work, but he was very, he said he was writing a novel. He'd got 2000 books. They were very chaotic and he really wanted them organized and he wanted them organized to help him write his own book. So when he was looking for something while he was writing a book, he might then be able to find the book rather than it, everything being chaotic. Right. So you might be ordering a book, uh, a collection by genre, by age, by publisher, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of doing it. Uh, the sorting I've done, I've done largely by Dewey. And obviously, in the beginning of my career, I was using the Dewey Decimal System. I've had to kind of slightly relearn it, um, uh, but that's largely what I do, and then find some logical order. I mean, to be honest, it's been, I've done the same to my own books I have here. I've got sort of 1,600 books or so. And in the initial days of actually selling the books, sometimes I couldn't find them, and it might take me about two hours to, to find the book, even though I'd sort of sorted them, but then they are in some sort of logical order. So now I don't have much difficulty finding them. Right. And I, that is the fundamental problem with having a lot of books. When you yeah. need one specific book, it takes forever to find it because you can't remember yeah. where you put it. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, sort of known in the family as the finder of things, still have that ability. And it's something that I really like. I like doing that. Something's the lost finder of The finder of things. <laughs> that's <laughs> so that's a good job. It suits uh, the books. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you are selling a collection that once belonged to the author Angus Hall. So first yeah. of all, uh, who was Angus Hall? Angus Hall was born in... 1932, he was born in Jesmond, which is an affluent suburb of Newcastle-upon-Tyne. He was middle class. His father was a timber merchant. Uh, he didn't have any education, though. He left school um, at quite a young age. But as a teenager, his passions were reading, writing and the cinema. He'd go to the cinema and come back from the film and he'd sort of you know, write his own little re reviews, etc. And then he kind of had a dream to be a Hollywood um, screenwriter. He went through the normal sort of journalist journalists um, training. So I think he got jobs in local 
um, newspapers in Scotland. He got as far as Manchester, then got to Fleet Street. Um, and then by the time, and then sort of left journalism in the early 60s and wrote his first book. Uh, so his first book, I've just got them all out here, Love in Smoky Regions, um, which described as a comic novel where one man marries three women. Haven't read it, don't know whether I will. Um, he then wrote, he got success with a book called Death Day, which was turned into a film called Madhouse, starring Vincent Price. So this is when he started to get more success. Right. And then he was, I think, possibly he wrote The Scars of Dracula, which was um, in a Hammer House film. And Christopher Lee was in that film. Uh, and I was talking earlier about how I'd, um, how I find people to who might like to buy the books. And on Facebook, I found the Facebook group, the Movie Tie-In Book Club. And every so often I treat, treat them with pictures of the books because they love to see pictures of books about films. And uh, I've made a few sales that way. And then I think he finally, um, he finally got sort of financial success with a book called The Late Wonder Boy, The Late Boy Wonder by, and um, his career took off and he wrote about 16 um, books altogether, but he didn't really make it to the big time. Um, he was an autodidact. So when I was actually doing the price research, I called it valuation to begin with, because obviously I'm new to this business, but I later discovered they call it price research. So I um all his books I went through them one by one and then you sort of build up a really fantastic picture of the person I think the only things he really did in his life was read and write he obviously had a thirst for knowledge so the collection comprises of sort of philosophy psychology crime books um true crime classic fiction, um, crime fiction, history. But the general impression I got when I was doing the price research was that this was somebody who really wanted to know how the human mind ticked. And that was really the research for his writing. Right. Um, and how did the collection come to you? Uh, well, I put an advert in the Times Literary Supplement when I sort of had my original idea. So I wrote the small library company can organise book collections. I got some very nice phone calls. And I think towards the end of September, I got a phone call from Angus Hall's stepson, who um, we just chatted. We had two pretty brief conversations and he just said, I've got these books. You sound like somebody that can help dispose of them for me. Um, I mean, he totally took it took it on trust because obviously I didn't have a great deal of selling experience. But um, within less than a week of the phone call, um, 1,500 books arrived in my dining room. 
and then I started the process process of sorting them out and then valuing them. And then in January, I started to sell them. And then you were off. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you said uh, Angus Hall had a thirst for knowledge. Perhaps you can provide a couple of highlights from the collection. Um, well, uh, let me just see. Well, actually, one of the things that resonated with me massively was the in his philosophy section, he seemed to be very keen on the philosopher Kierkegaard. And I studied theology at university, English and theology, and um, actually wrote a final paper on Kierkegaard. So I was very sort of pleased to have virtually Kierkegaard's complete works. Haven't sold any of them yet, but... Uh, Hopefully there is somebody out there quite mad on Kierkegaard who might want to buy these books. Um, other highlights really are related to uh, some of the fiction he's got. So there were sort of um, eight or nine um, books by Patrick Hamilton. I don't know if you've heard of Patrick Hamilton. Have, yes. Yeah, yep. he's actually a Chiswick-based, or did live in Chiswick when he was a young writer. And um, those, those books, quite rare, really. So I didn't really know how to value them because I couldn't find many copies of them, but they did very well at auction. Um, the, the creme de la creme was Hound of the Baskervilles, which we sold last week at forum auctions and some books that I really liked. I mean, it's all the fiction because they had the most fantastic dust covers, dust jackets were by Pierre Boileau and Thomas Narjac, which are they're, they're sort of French crime writers. And, but these were the first UK editions and I saw them, I, I thought they were just really attractive. They appeared to be, fairly valuable and again we did pretty well at auction I've still got three left actually but um, we sold them at an auction which was pretty good so you had these 1600 books suddenly show up at your house quite a few boxes yeah. I'd imagine perhaps you can yeah. describe what your your house currently looks like then to our listeners uh, well very fortunate I live by the river in Chiswick so I live okay. in a uh, Georgian townhouse uh the house is on four floors kitchens in the basement next level is kind of like a sitting room and dining room the in fact i think when i took the telephone call from uh my client i was probably in the dining room and i think i remember looking around the dining room and thinking well it's covid no one's coming here to eat any food or we do entertain quite a lot, but there was no one to entertain. So I thought, oh, well, they could possibly come and the books could possibly come and be in this dining room. And yeah, that's where they are. And I do know that if we do have somebody around for supper again, hopefully I can very quickly move the books. Uh, so the books are all round the walls so in fact um i'm in front of the shelves not behind the shelves and 
I have a nice table. The room's quite sort of quirky, a nice sort of oak table, bright red um, Tollox chairs, metal chairs. On my table is completely covered with books. Um, I've just recently acquired 35 antiquarian books, which I'm waiting for forum auctions to come around and look at the books. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm sort of like playing post offices, as it were, because I've got scales and sellotape and scissors and everything you need to do the packaging of the books. Scales sometimes quite annoying because my partner wants them downstairs for making cakes and bread with. So I have to go downstairs all the time, get the scales, weigh, weigh the books, and take the books downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a sort of perfect little spot for my small library. So as you mentioned at the start, you, you trained as a librarian. And here That's you are right. in the early days of switching to book selling. Uh, how, how are you finding it? Is it is it an easy transition? Well, to be quite honest, I've transitioned several times. So I spent the first 10 years of my career working as a librarian at the BBC, hence being in West London, really. Um, and then the majority of my career has actually been spent in investment banking, where I was actually predominantly in procurement, because I think what people forget about librarians is that they buy things. So my they buy books. I'm in reverse now selling books. Um, lastly, I was buying data and trading data, but things kind of evolved for me last that way. I gave up the sort of hard city job um, and, you know, you know, really needing something more to do. And this sort of has appeared on my doorstep, literally. Right. Um, and I think, um, yeah, obviously, if you if you've been a librarian, you know about books, you know, you know about a bibliographic record. Um, so that kind of thing is fairly straightforward. Some of the business skills I have in my city job obviously helped me. So I feel um, I'm fairly well equipped. equipped. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so what, what sort of library does the BBC have? Is that a, a reference library or what, well, what sort of library? In the heyday, the BBC employed, and this would be, in the mid 80s, 250 qualified librarians. Um, they now employ very few librarians. They have um, film libraries and music libraries before they had a very sophisticated collection, sort of reference collection for the programme makers to use. I mean, they would buy a lot of books as well. Um, in fact, when I first started at the BBC, one of their main libraries was in what is now, now the Langham Hotel. So uh, I did when that building was turned from a BBC building back into a hotel, I did obviously make a point of going having a cocktail there because um, I'd actually been a librarian in the room where you could actually drink a cocktail now. Wow. But, um, 
<laughs> yeah, so they don't, they have no book library. I mean, they do all the research. I think Google, we were human Googles, basically. Human Google. We were human Googles, and Google came along, and those librarians were no longer needed. Right. So it's quite so, interesting. Yes, yes. So you're, um, so you're in Chiswick. Uh, a yeah. lovely part of London. I was wondering if you're familiar with Foster Books on the Chiswick High Road. Yes, I've been in there a couple of times um, through another sort of slightly bizarre twist of fate. I, somebody I went to, well, I didn't go to school with, we went to the same school and I've sort of met him subsequently. Another bookseller, Steve Little, I don't know if you know Steve Little. He Do sells you know Steve? Yeah. I've met him a couple of times. Yeah, he sells books in Bristol. He's been really helpful to me, actually. Um, I suppose because we have the school connection. Met him a couple of times. We've also got some other mutual friends. He's very friendly with Steve Foster. So I have been into Soft Foster's books. Hopefully, Steve Foster will come around and have a look at these books. Um, Steve is probably, as you know, really big into the decor books and dressing TV sets. Yeah. Um, and I think I might have a few that he might be interested in taking. Yeah. Hopefully he'll and come his, right. his bookshop is one of the, well, it's a wonderful independent bookshop. Yeah. 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 And he's got, you know, he, I, I walk past there all the time, actually, and always staring in the window. And he's really got some lovely books in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, then, Meg. Uh, one final question. And it's a yeah. question yeah. to all our guests. And that is what book or books are you currently reading? Um, I'm actually I'm in a couple of book groups. Uh, I'm reading Our Fathers by Rebecca Waite. That's a fiction start. I've just started reading that, actually. It um, starts with a mass murder. Uh, and I think it's going to be, you know, how how the survivor coped with his family being murdered. Very nice stuff. On a, an even better note, um, I thought with COVID, I, I should read Albert Camus' The Plague. So I've been steadily getting my way through that. Uh, and my other book group, we're going to be reading, so it's on my list to read quite soon, Richard Osman, The Thursday Murder Club. So right, that's I, I, read most, I read mostly fiction. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Richard's so. book's the big bestseller in the UK for, I don't know, past 12 months, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So got it there ready to read. Lovely. And I finished the plague. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all hoping we've finished the plague. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not looking great news here in the UK at the moment. But, uh, yeah, well, I'm sure it'll it'll come round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, that's all we have time for today. Um, Thank you to Meg Dillon from the Small Library Company for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, um, lovely to have you. Uh, thanks for listening. My name is Richard Davis and you've been listening to an Abe Books podcast and we'll see you all again soon.